On this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, Deshaun Watson is starting to expand his trade destination list, and <laughs> ESPN actually have three guys that they think will be a good fit for the Houston Texans doing free agency. But first, let's start the countdown. <laughs> are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen. We are free and available on all major podcasting platforms along with YouTube. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis, here to talk Texans on this Thursday episode of the Locked On Texans. We got a lot to talk about, Cody. Deshaun Watson. You know, remember we had this conversation months ago. We are now in February when the allegations started and when he had this preferred destination list of places uh -huh. he wants to go. That's what we're going to talk about today. And, of course, we're going to dive into the ESPN's recommended list of players Houston should look into in free agency. But when that list came out, nobody expected Tampa, <laughs> now Minnesota. And I suspect that that list will continue to grow. Any team that is in need of a quarterback that is willing to put themselves uh, in front of the bullet that will be taken at them whenever he does get traded, whenever he's ready to play, any team that's ready for Deshaun Watson to come play quarterback for their franchise, they're going to start calling. Deshaun's going to start, you know, opening up that preferred list in order to get him back on the field because he's due $40 million this year. Mm, and I'm mm, pretty mm. sure uh, when $40 million is on the table, you want to get all your work. And so in return for Houston, speaking of what's worth getting your worth back, for Houston, the main priority for this franchise is to get back everything uh, that they possibly can for trading away a, a caliber of player of Deshaun Watson's. Uh, uh, Watson's caliber, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, and look, you know, we go back to Minnesota. last year. Yeah, exactly. Minnesota. I said the same thing. Like, what? But, you know, this actually goes back to something you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about the possibility of Deshaun Watson actually expanding his list. Because when you go back to when he first demanded his trade request, request prior to the allegations coming out, I mean, look, his top three teams, the Broncos, they now have their eyes set on getting Aaron Rodgers, the Philadelphia Eagles. They seem like they are at least content for the time being with Jalen Hurts. And there has been so much he say, he say, she say, she say stuff going going on with the Miami Dolphins, I think it's safe to say that it's best for both parties, the Sean Watson camp and the Miami Dolphins to go their separate ways because it has been so much nonsense and drama going on to try to get him to Miami. It's probably one of those situations where it's best for both parties to move on. But 
I'm not surprised that Deshaun Watson is starting to open up his preferred destination list, especially when you consider that Tampa Bay is on that list. We talked about that on Monday's installment of Locked on Texans. But I am a little bit surprised. Matter of fact, I am astonished that the Minnesota Vikings are on this list because first and first and foremost, the Vikings are not a win now team and even if Deshaun Watson do go to their organization, and by the way, I also want to mention that Minnesota is not a it's not a top tier market, and that is part of the reason why he wanted to go to New York, wanted to go to Philadelphia, wanted to go to Miami because he wanted to reestablish his brand after losing so much, given the twenty two counts that he has against them right now. But you know, we know when I take a look at Minnesota, I am a little bit dumbfounded by it. But John, listeners and viewers, I actually hope that the Texans can actually work something out and get Deshaun Watson in Minnesota. Because the one thing I have been hell bent on, and every time we talk about the possibility of the Texans moving on from Deshaun Watson, is please send him to a team where you can actually get some quality good draft picks, at least for the first year. Because it didn't matter. It it doesn't matter if he goes to Miami. It doesn't matter if he goes to Denver. It doesn't matter if he go to Minnesota or whatever the case might be. We know the type of player Deshaun Watson is. He's going to make that team a hell of a lot better. And when you take a look at the Minnesota Vikings, even if you add Deshaun Watson to that roster right now, yet it might be, matter of fact, it's not even a might be. That is going to be a wild card playoff caliber team, but Minnesota still have some holes that they need to fix before they take that step into championship contention. And this is why I would not want to see him go to a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where all you doing is substituting Tom Brady for Deshaun Watson. By the way, I also want to mention in terms of the Minnesota Vikings, this is a team that currently sits at number 12 in the NFL draft as of right now. You know the Houston Texans will take that pick back. And, you know, I've I seen some people being a little bit conflicted about the possibility of the Texans taking back Kirk, taking back Kirk Cousins. However, I don't think that will be a situation for the Texans. It might be one of those situations where Minnesota Vikings will have to get another trade partner involved in order to send Kirk Cousins to another destination because I'm pretty sure the Texans do not want to take Cousins back one because of his age and two I think he's scheduled to make 32 million for this upcoming season yeah Kirk Cousins is scheduled to make a lot of money this upcoming year uh, uh an amount of money that Houston does not want to pay a Kirk Cousins that you pretty much know that he won't be able to get you over the hump. Kirk Cousins is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. I catch a lot of flack for it. However, I know. Wow, Kirk I, I never heard that before. I'm a huge Kirk <laughs> Cousins fan. But I will say this in terms of, you know, what you'd get back for Deshaun Watson. When I look at Minnesota, I look at Brian O'Neill, the tackle, uh, played well for Minnesota last year, only gave up one sack last year. Uh, PFF graded him. With a 73.7 PFF grade. Uh, so he's a player that if Houston does look to move on, uh, well, they will look to move on from Deshaun Watson. But if the Minnesota Vikings become a serious trade destination, uh, I'm, a, I'm a believer of you cannot just simply go off picks. You have to find a player that will help uh, because picks come and go. But if you can find a player that you know, without a shadow of a doubt, can play in this 
NFL, then you have to bring him in. Now, we know that the Houston Texans struggled at right tackle the last couple of seasons. And I think O'Neal will be a huge upgrade for Davis Mills or for Teddy Bridgewater. We'll get into that, right? But uh, overall, Deshaun is doing the right thing, if we're being honest. If we're having an honest conversation. He's doing the right thing. And, Cody, you put it great. You got to move on from Miami. I don't think Philly was 100%. Uh, they were 100% compatible. New York said they're not going to rock with them. So there's other teams in the league that wants them. I wouldn't be surprised if we do hear something about the Washington now commanders uh, hmm. calling Houston for Deshaun Watson in the future. That would be uh, actually, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that, I think that would be best case scenario for both teams. For both Washington because, has some young studs. Oh, my yes, gosh. They do. And I'll, if I'm Houston, I would love to try to get my hands on Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne. Hmm. Uh, but overall, you know, they're going to have to do what they have to do for the franchise. They have to bring in somebody that can play football right now for this franchise. The football season is over, but basketball is now in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all of the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball or football, but BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and learn more about each trend in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back, Bulls on Parade. Thank you for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every single day. Cody, as we gear up for the free agency, the ESPN dropped a list of players that they believe could help Houston this upcoming season and that Houston, it would make sense for Houston and these players to partner. Vayton, Leighton Vander Esk from the, the linebacker from the Dallas Cowboys, Teddy Bridgewater, and Quandre Diggs, the safety that recently played uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Cody, what are your thoughts on these three players? I would love Diggs to come to Houston, especially considering the fact that this is an organization that's about to lose Justin Reed. And even Probably if they do, as well, right? uh, exactly. And even in, in a possibility where they are able to retain Justin Reed, you know, I would love to see Reed and Dig, you know, maybe pair up in that backfield on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I think Diggs will actually be the the best free agent prospect that the Texans can actually get their hands on. And I'm starting to know if the Texans and Diggs possibly had some type of, you know, no conversations or something going on over the last couple of days, because it was funny right after this was dropped, Lonnie Johnson Jr., your boy tweet through it, had tweeted Diggs and asked him something about, are you ready? And Diggs was like, chill, it's not even free agency period yet. Oh, man, Yeah, man, but you know. You know, I I, I I would love to see Diz come to Houston because rather Justin Reed stays or goes, I think he would be a tremendous upgrade for the Texans secondary. Now, John, oh, I understand it. I get it. And I agree with you. The Texans should consider bringing in a veteran quarterback because at the end of the day, we still do not know 
what Davis Mills is going to be when we give him the keys to the franchise and let him take over as the starting quarterback for the 2022 season. But I do not think that veteran quarterback should be Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm going to tell you why. Because first and foremost, ESPN said the reason why Bridgewater and the Texans are a perfect match is because Houston is a place for Bridgewater where he can go to and compete and actually have an opportunity to be this team's starting quarterback without disrupting the development of Davis Mills. I disagree with that because first and foremost, unless it's, let's say, for example, you know, Deshaun, you know, the Texans get lucky and flip Deshaun Watson for, I don't know, Josh Allen or, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you, you know, one of the premier quarterbacks that's similar to Deshaun. If it's not one of those quarterbacks, then Davis Mills should be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans in 2022. Two and most importantly, if you bring in a quarterback who's going to come in and let's say compete with Davis Mills for that starting for that starting job and that quarterback actually wins the starting job over Davis Mills, then that's going to hamper Mills' development. And three, most importantly, let's say, for example, if the Texans do ride with Teddy Bridgewater, what are the Texans going to gain in their rebuilding process? Like, how are they going to benefit from that, going with a veteran quarterback who, well, how old is Teddy? About 31, 32 years old. You know he's not going to be your long-term answer at quarterback. There is nothing the Texans would be able to benefit by signing Teddy Bridgewater, having him compete with Davis Mills, and having him be your starter for week one of the regular season. I don't like the the possibility of Teddy Bridgewater coming here. I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Look, and what what the article said about Teddy Bridgewater is still kind of conflicting to me. Uh, he'd be able to start some games without disrupting the progress of Davis Mills. Well, I'll say this. The progress of Davis Mills, in his case, is getting on the field and being the starter, right? I think that's one of the biggest components mm -hmm. is why Pep Hamilton was brought back, of course, among other things. But we saw uh, – we got an opportunity to see Davis Mills really flourish when things were kind of going more of an up-tempo way in the last couple of games of the year. I'm not going to say that I'm a 100% believer, but I do believe wholeheartedly that he has an opportunity to be a solid quarterback in the league. And so you will disrupt that if you bring in a quarterback that you believe can start week one. I'm okay with Teddy being a backup quarterback for the Houston Texans because Teddy Bridgewater as a backup quarterback may be the best backup quarterback in the NFL. And if there is a situation where Davis Mills is underperforming heavily, if there's a situation, God forbid, that Davis Mills gets hurt or Davis Mills, uh, something tragic happens, again, we don't wish it upon him, then having Teddy Bridgewater as your backup, as your safe haven as a quarterback, that's totally fine, right? And, you know, they, they ended off that article by saying Bridgewater days as a full-time starter might be coming to an end. I think it has come to an end. Uh, unless, again, we mentioned him in the first segment, unless Washington feels like they're better with him at quarterback than Taylor Heineke, uh, I don't see too many franchises that will give 
Teddy Bridgewater the green light to try to come in and be an absolute starter. But to have him on your depth chart to get some of that knowledge, he did still play under Sean Payton. It was a backup to Drew Brees. He played phenomenal in those games where he went mm. five and zero. Right, so these are the things that he can bring in the intangibles, the 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 experience of knowing how to win games coming off the bench. I love that, but don't say he won't uh, stunt Davis Mills' growth and potentially be the start of Week One. Those do not go together, and I think that shows how much the national media may watch the Houston Texans uh, <laughs> because here locally, I don't think that goes together. You will stunt his growth if he's not the number one starter. A week one, unless there's an injury that prevents him from playing. But here's my only rebuttal to that, and I thought about that as well. It it kind of goes into what is the ultimate goal for the Houston Texans for the 2022 season? Because if it is to win games, then of course you sign Teddy Bridgewater. And if Davis Mills doesn't pan out like we are all hoping he does. You know, you put Teddy Teddy Bridgewater in. I think he gives you an opportunity to win more than four games for the 2022 season. Um, same thing if Davis Mills get hurt. However, if this is still a season where you are still prioritizing development, development in your young players, then other than signing a veteran quarterback, won't you just pick? Won't you just draft? a quarterback in those later rounds or sign one of the up and coming quarterbacks who is still trying to find his way in the national football league. And if the, and if Davis Mills does not work out that way, you will have another opportunity to see what do you have in a younger quarterback? That's just me because I'm still trying to figure out if you bring in a quarterback It's still, what are the Houston Texans? How are the Texans are going to benefit from this? Well, and viewers, you guys can, you know, comment, on this in the comment section, let us know how you feel. But uh, Lovey Smith mentioned the, the the games that they left out on the field that they could have won last season, mm -hmm. right? And you and I have talked about it a couple of times where we at least count at the very least two games. We look at the New England Patriot game. I think the Carolina Panther game was winnable for them. Uh, even if you want to go to Jets. the Tennessee Titans, the Jets. So that's about four games that they left on the table. Levy Smith mentioned about those games and say, hey, we got to do better closing our games. I don't think this franchise will be in a position where they're going to jeopardize another season based on uh, development of young guys. And I'll tell you why. That excuse is no longer usable. Second-year quarterback, first-year wide receiver in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And I know that's a long shot comparing – what we have here in Houston to those players, but they were able to make it to the Super Bowl. A lot of people have talked about that, right? I, I think Levy Smith mentioned it as well in the press conference. So, yeah, I, I don't see why it'll be an issue to have somebody like Teddy Bridgewater just in case you have him backed off, you know, in, in the corner whenever he's ready to play. If, the, if his number is called, then you play him. He has that knowledge. But whether they, you know, whether they they feel like this year is based on how we want to win games, you're still going to need a quarterback. And Tyrod Taylor cannot be that quarterback. Uh, I don't think Tyrod Taylor should be on his roster anymore. This is not a disrespect to him at all. Uh, I've loved watching Tyrod Taylor since he came into the NFL. But his time with the Houston Texans have passed. And if you can get a Teddy Bridgewater on a fair deal, that's what we didn't talk about on a fair deal where you're not overpaying for backup. Cause one thing I hate 
is an overpriced backup. Then yeah, you 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 have to at least do your due diligence to bring him in because he does make your roster better. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Locked On Texans podcast. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Be sure to check out the Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Social Beer Garden tonight. If you guys are watching this, and if you are in the Houston area or surrounding areas, come out tonight starting at 8 o'clock, and I advise everybody to get out there earlier as my my camera focuses. But the Social Beer Garden, Locked On Texans, Locked On Rockets, Locked On Astros, as I mentioned it on yesterday's show, the Holy Trinity of Houston sports mm. under the Locked On Network's brand. It's going to be fun, man. I advise everybody to get there early. Man, get out there early. Come meet Cody and I. Come meet the Locked On Astros guys. Come meet JT Gallinow with the Locked On Rockets. Uh, let's talk sports. I'm more interested to talk <laughs> about the Rockets than I am anything. I talk about Texas Monday through Friday. Let me talk about the Rockets. Cody, what are you looking forward to for tomorrow? For today, excuse me. To talk about the Astros, because in the midst of talking about the Texans, I also talk about the Rockets. As a matter of fact, we are sitting here recording this almost at 12 midnight because I had to cover a Houston Rockets game that was very competitive against the Phoenix Suns, but they still lost. And I think they're, what, 15 and 43 as of right now, 41, somewhere along those lines. It's a terrible record. But that's not the only reason why we're recording this late. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) yeah, live (laughs) after But, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward into, you know, talking talking to the guys over at the um, Locked On Astros because, look, when I, when I take a look at the Astros, I'm really interested to see how are they going to continue to keep up this amazing, just this amazing run that they've been on since, what, 2017 when they won the World Series. And, you know, we all know what, what happened during the World Series and people thinking that the championship was a fluke, but yet they still end up making the, the conference championship game and, of course, the, 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 the World Series. And I just love watching the growth of the Houston Astros because 10 years ago, there was a laughing stock of the MLB. Man, ten years ago, eight dollar tickets. <laughs> yeah, eight dollar tickets, and now you know, you know the run that they've been on, and I and I think when you take a look at the Texans, when you take a look at the Rockets, what the Houston Astros were able to do is sort of like a model that you know maybe you know if the Rockets get talent again, and maybe if the Houston Texans just fix all the foolishness that they got going on, and it seems like maybe just maybe they're trending on the right direction. But, you know, I I take a look at the Houston Astros and I say, you know, that is the model of success. I'm hoping that the two teams that I cover actually follow. Because, like I mentioned, 10 years ago, man, Astros was losing, what, 100-plus games? And fast forward, five years later, they World Series champs. Man, I will say this. The reason why I want to talk about the Houston Rockets is because I want to get an inside-outside perspective talking to – uh, when we talk with JT Gallon on, on later on today, and you know, overall, I do feel like the Houston Rockets drafted the right person. I've seen a lot of the we should have drafted Evan Mobley, we should have di- did this, we should have done that, and uh, I don't think a lot of Rockets fans they haven't been here before, right? I've been here before. I was like alive when we had. But it wasn't this bad, though. 
Uh, it was not well, this bad. Well, That's Steve Francis era. France, no, not the Steve Francis era. Leading up to getting Steve Francis, and then the Steve Francis era until we made but it. They the, wasn't got knocked out in that first round. They the was Rockets not were fun, but they were not. They wasn't as bad though, John. Like almost every night, they're getting their ass handed to them by thirty no, we points. Are, we are bad, but <laughs> I think that people didn't. Uh, people expected more of a quicker turnaround. And when you have a long run like the Houston Rockets did, where you constantly, you know, knocked on a, the door of a championship, uh, it's going to be hard. The rebuild is going to be hard. So I have my own thoughts. I love what I saw out of Jalen Green this evening. Uh, I, I like him. And because we've talked off camera before, I think Jalen Green has the potential to be the all-star level, which he didn't get voted in. But those couple of years of Monte Ellis, when he was mm-hmm. averaging 25 a game and six and six, I think Jalen Green can be that, but more than two years. Uh, I think Houston has some chemistry issues that need to work out with Christian Wood and these guards. Uh, but I'm excited to talk about the Houston Rockets and then dive into depth with the Houston Rock, uh, Houston Astros just to see if we're going to have baseball or not this year as well. So mm. that's going to be fun. I'm interacting with the crowd, man. So y'all get out there again. <laughs> Get out there early. The show starts at 8 p.m. Once again, we will be at the Social Beer Garden uh, off San Jacinto. And I'm John some Sports Guy Hickman. Thank you for checking out today's show. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook, of course. Head on over to YouTube. Subscribe, like, and comment as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.